Welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. I'm Lauren O'Neill. And I'm Nico Bakulich. And let's get biblical. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to get biblical with me. This time? Baby. I'll allow it. Uh, but be- watch yourself, cancer. <laughs> Before we do, we got to uh, go through a couple ground rules. This is not a Christian Bible study podcast. It's not for children. Uh, I'm the ex-Christian. I'm an atheist now. I'm reading the New International Version of the Bible. I really don't like that kind of attitude, but I am the non-believing sort of Jew, and I'm reading the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Is there anything else we need to we need to tell the people? Man, we're just... We're crushing it. We're crushing it. Okay. 24-7. Um, everyone, just want to inform you, we're crushing it. And today we're talking about the book of Micah. Mm-hmm. It's uh, another minor prophet. Man. These guys just get better and better. We are stuck in the minor prophets for pretty much the rest of the Old Testament. I mean, not pretty much, just just all of it, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you some fast facts okay. about Micah. Okay. Takes place. Well, it doesn't really take place. There's not really like a narrative well, per se. Quit spoiling the fucking book. Okay. Just do the fast facts. But uh, Micah was supposedly alive around uh, 700 BC-ish. Okay. Uh Possibly contemporaneous with the prophet Isaiah, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean anything to anyone. <laughs> like, <laughs> it might have meant something to them. Yeah, I'm sure it did. How deep was their friendship? I'm just saying, oh, you think they were like BFFs? Well, or maybe they were rivals in prophecy. Oh, you think it was like the Avengers Civil War? I think it was exactly like the Avengers Civil War, okay. colon Civil War. Okay, that's the name of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... Or maybe just Avengers colon Civil War. You're, you, all you did was take out the the. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, empires have been lost over less. Let's just keep going. Okay. Um, uh, there's three main sections to this book. It's it's pretty short, but there's three main sections that were probably each written in a different time period. Um, that kind of like recontextualized or reinterpreted uh the previous prophecies to fit better with new historical events, uh, such as the Assyrian exile, Babylonian exile, you know, just the the main exiles. Uh, have I, should I re-explain the Babylonian exile? If you can, very briefly, it's, just because there might be new people joining, which, you know, yeah, so we, if you're, we love very much. But if we, you don't understand about these exiles, you're going to be all a sea. You're yeah, going to be up a well-known creek without a paddle. Oh, thank you for not swearing. This is a children's podcast after all. Um, so Babylonian exile, Assyrian exile, basically there was uh, there was the kingdom of Israel. And then uh, after King David and King Solomon, it split into two. The northern kingdom was still called Israel. The southern kingdom was Judah. And the northern kingdom was eventually permanently destroyed by Assyria. Mm-hmm. And all the the Israelite tribes living there were just scattered to the wind forever. Those are the ten lost tribes, and that's called the Assyrian exile. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, well, not meanwhile. Later on, the southern kingdom was also taken over, but this time by Babylon. Mm-hmm. Um, all the Jews were deported, but then Persia took over Babylon and let the Jews go back to Judah. So, why is it important that we know about this? It's important because. Like 60% of the Bible is just like all about 
responding to the exile and trying to make sense of it and trying to figure out why, if we're God's chosen people, why did we get all destroyed and exiled and shit? Mm. I mean, like, honestly, by word count, it's got to be close to 50 or 60 percent. It the is. Bible yeah, is it's huge. This. I did not realize that before starting this podcast that, like, actually so much of it is just about the exile. That's mm. like the main deal of the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, so Micah is a prophet in the southern kingdom of Judah before the exiles. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of this book came after the exiles, although... So it's basically cheating. They don't want to admit it. Yeah. It was they. I don't know. <laughs> Biblical literalists. Uh, his Hebrew name is Mikayahu. Mikayahu is a great name. Mikayahu. Me is who. <laughs> oh. And who is he and he is she. And... Do you speak Hebrew? <laughs> oh, that's so impressive. <laughs> Thank you, baby. I'm so glad you finally noticed. Uh, those are my those are my fast facts. Well, I haven't fact checked them, so I don't know if they're facts. And I mean, compared to you saying both, they weren't exactly fast. Hmm. So overall, I give you a C plus. Hmm. Room for improvement. Harsh but fair. <laughs> so this is basically this is like your standard um, prophetic book. Totally. Uh, where we're going to talk about how. Uh, all the Israelites are going to get punished for worshiping idols. Yes. But then in the end, God will redeem them and uh, Israel will be reunited, return to glory, and everybody's going to live happily ever after when the Messiah brings the day of the Lord. Yeah, totally. I was 100% listening to everything that you just said. Um, so what we're going to try to do <laughs> is just go through it a little Thanks bit. Thanks for being a supportive partner. I oh, appreciate no your listening skills, baby. And a co-host. <laughs> um, so what we're going to try to do is just go through it a little bit, talk about what we found interesting, maybe what we found different from other prophetic books, because that's probably the most interesting thing about it. Um, and I think we'll start with chapter one. Mm! Um, it starts with a pretty classic indictment of Samaria and Jerusalem, the capitals of the two Jewish nations. Yes, northern um, and southern, respectively. In it, Micah compares Jerusalem to a high place, mm-hmm. which is a huge slam if, yeah. you, if you are familiar As with As you can window. tell from the name, a high place. <laughs> That's where they used to go on up and sacrifice whatever to whoever. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking, talking about, about Molech. A Molech or other gods. Talking um, about Baal. Talking about Asherah. Mm-hmm. He also... Uh, talks about, it, it compares the priests and leaders of these cities to jackals and ostriches. <laughs> and jackals and ostriches, according to the notes in my Bible, uh-huh. are, are ill-fated creatures because they haunt ruins. Why ostriches? And make horrible sounds. Oh. Well. So it's like, it's like they're basically like ghost animals. I mean, jackals certainly, I get that. I mean, they're basically like spook ups Ostriches, I'm not sure I 100% get. I mean, they're a little otherworldly. I guess. I mean, they're certainly very frightening because they seem mm-hmm. they seem quite strong. Mm-hmm. I bet they smell terrible, too. <laughs> um, I really like this line. Uh, Look, the Lord is coming down from his dwelling place. The mountains melt beneath him and mm. the valleys split apart like wax before the fire. Yeah, that's beautiful. That has uh, shades of uh, shades of Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because if God rode in a giant like fire throne or mm-hmm. whatever, you would figure if he came down that he'd be a hot. spaceship. He'd be hot as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He'd be melting wax with that spaceship. It continues on with a rather unique 
condemnation of those who, uh, let's just call them creditors. Uh huh. Those who, you know, promise so much but end up taking the family farm. I see. Micah, and this, this exposes a, uh, a through line of the book. He's very much a, he's, he's a rural feral. A rural, a rural what now? You heard me. A rural juror. <laughs> okay. It's, he, his point of view is very much uh, from the countryside pointed towards the cities. And so one of his, one of his things is like in chapter two, he, he says, cursed are those who foreclose on our family farm. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, uh, the verse I wrote down is uh, they covet fields and seize them. And houses and take them. They defraud a man of his home, a fellow man of his inheritance. And I just want to uh, point out that the footnotes in my Bible mm-hmm. say um, the rich oppressing classes continued to get rich at the expense of the poor because they controlled the power structures of their society. I think this footnote may have been written by someone different than the person <laughs> who wrote in Ecclesiastes right. that it was about how to invest your money in solid stocks. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think you're probably right. This this viewpoint that, you know, the rich in the cities get richer while the the poor in the in the in the fields get poorer. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of that so far. Is there an urban/rural divide, do you think? Because to me it seemed like the people who are getting rich were also rural. They were just I guess so, but mostly I'm taking that from the fact that he calls out Jerusalem and Samaria, the capitals in mm. particular, mm. and later has you know harsh words for leaders of the of the society and the and the priests, the false priests, and the, and, yeah, the and false, false prophets. prophets. Yeah, uh, if a liar and deceiver comes and says, "I will prophesy for you for plenty of wine and beer," he would be just the prophet for the people. <laughs> That's right. He gets super sassy. He's like, you know what? You people are just a bunch of shitty drunks. I bet you want me to talk about, you know, I'm going to get the next round. I, pro- <laughs> I prophesy shots for everybody. Yeah, exactly. He's very used to people rejecting his message. And he comes off as a, Micah comes off as a little defensive in these passages. A prophet saying that people are <laughs> acting unfairly toward him? I've never heard of such a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then he says, you know, a messiah figure is going to come down and uh, sort everything out. And that's the end of like the first part. Yeah. Uh, he'll gather the survivors like a flock and lead them through the gate with God at their head. Yeah. We'll return to the, to the messianic stuff a little bit later. But first he compares corrupt judges to cannibals. Yes. Oh, my God. In, in gory detail. Yes. And literally gory detail. Yes. Do you want to read it? Uh, yeah, I didn't write down a good quote. But... Okay, I wrote it down. Shall I read it? Please. Um, so it's it's talking about uh, Israelite leaders who hate good and love evil, who tear the skin from my people and the flesh from their bones, mm. who eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin and break their bones in pieces, who chop them up like meat for the pan, like flesh for the pot. Who wrote this? Cannibal cop? Like what? Why is this like this? Yeah. Do you feel that he's getting like a little too into the details of cannibalism? Yes. Do you have any suspicions about Micah's like, I don't know, fanfic that he posts late at night under a pseudonym? 
Look, haven't we all posted fanfic late at night under a pseudonym and lived to regret it? I mean, shouldn't we extend that same courtesy to this prophet? From to this man of God? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Um, yeah. So he, and then he's against false prophets. Uh, he and, hates, in specific, he hates the crowd-pleasing prophets. Yes. The, the popular prophets. Oh, I see. He's, the ones he's, who, the prom queens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The prof queens. The prof queens. Mm-hmm. He's a real indie prophet. You know, mm-hmm. he's like a, you know, you may not have heard of him, but like the people that have are like, yeah. Yeah, they're like really Mike into is him. the guy. Yeah. You know, fuck this commercial He's a prophet's stuff. prophet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Except not because all the prophets probably hate him because he spends a lot of time prophesying against Because he's them. Avenger Civil War style. Because he's Avenger Civil War style. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, because they're all uh, in a prophet civil war or whatever. Just like the movie. A little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. They've got the Spider-Man, the Ant-Man, all the insect men. It's just Spider-Man. Okay. And I think just Ant-Man, too. Okay. He's not the Ant-Man. Okay, but it's the Batman. The Batman. Yeah, the Batman. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. He wasn't in that. You're the man in this relationship. You're supposed to know about stupid insect men. <laughs> Bats are not insects. Oh, and shit. And I'm sick of you saying that. <laughs> They're birds. I forgot. Bird rats, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he says uh, if one if one feeds them, these prophets, uh, they proclaim peace. If he does not, they prepare to wage war against him. Mm. But you know what's going to happen. The day of the Lord's going to come. That's right. He's going to come down. He's going to make everything awesome. Chapter 4 begins with a prophecy that's ripped off directly from Isaiah and Ezekiel. There are passages that are almost Oops. identical. So it's very clear that this was like not written by the same... People as say Mika Yahoo. Yeah. As the first uh, as the first third. But he does mention that people will uh, when they get their own comeuppance, mm-hmm. they will sit under their own vines. Yes. And I was I think it reminded of Jonah last week. Yes. A worm will not kill this vine. That's right. I mean, well, you sit under your own vine Unlike. is like is like reaping your reaping what you sow. There we go. Reaping what you sow. Mm-hmm. Sitting under your own vine. R.I.P. Vine. Um, so yeah. Oh, and then he says, this is like significant for Christians. Uh, he says the Messiah will come from Bethlehem. Right. In particular. And this is part of that rural urban divide. Yes. Because it's a Davidic, it's a Davidic Messiah, Uh just like everybody else has prophesied who has talked about a Messiah and Messiahs weren't around until like 800 or so. BC. BC. Um, but they called it BC because they knew it was up. Mm-hmm. They knew it was coming. Yeah. They're like, it's BC. <laughs> uh, but in this case, he specifies that the Messiah will come from Bethlehem, a, a farming village or a farm town. What is that? Like bread house? Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. House of bread? Yeah, house of bread. Yeah. Bethlehem. It's the bread basket of, of Israel. I've been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather it's than... Palestinian territory. It was the Lockies. <laughs> it's... I think describing the conflict in Israel as a little awkward <laughs> is maybe it's, insensitive. Uh, totally normal and uh, does justice to every side of the debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, him pointing out that the, that the Messiah will come from the country rather than the city yeah. is maybe one of the things that defines Micah's in, unique point of view right. among the minor yeah. prophets. At least so far as we've read so far. Like he's going to be like a, like not a, a big city lawyer. He's going to be like, I don't know, maybe a maybe a carpenter. 
Possibly, yeah. Maybe like somebody. I'm just a, I'm just a simple country prophet. Who what, was what do I know from God? Born but, in a in a in a manger. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sounds, I'm just spitballing. Sounds unsanitary. Insanitary. Unsanitary. Yeah, there you go. Uh, chapter four contains a, a beautiful line. I thought, "Arise and thresh, O daughter Zion, for I will make your horn iron and your hoofs bronze." Ooh. He will uh, describing. The, the reborn Zion as a as a metal horse. Yes. Almost like he's prophesying the, the, the rise of the, the iron horse to stretch across the American West. Oh, you're right. Manifest destiny is what Manifest he's talking destiny. about. Manifest destiny. Go West, young Micah. Mm-hmm. Plastics, yeah. young man. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Solar panels. Yeah, for kids. The future. The internet. That's right. Of things. <laughs> Until uh, your fridge gets hacked to fucking and becomes part of a DDoS, DDoS attack, attack yeah, and dying, yeah. Wow. Um, I wrote down uh, the remnant of Jacob, i.e., Israelites who survived the uh, Babylonian exile, will be among the nations in the midst of many peoples, like a young lion among flocks of sheep, which mauls and mangles as it goes, and no one can rescue. Basically, there's going to be sleeper cell Israelites mm-hmm. <laughs> stationed all around the world, ready to strike at any time. Oh, my Bible describes chapter six as a prophetic sampler, oh. which is a, a concept I like. I like a lot. So chapter six starts the third part mm-hmm. that was written even even later than the second part, and this represents um, a, a point of view that has been expressed before, uh, especially from later stuff. Uh, saying that sacrifices are not good enough in and of themselves. Right. We're not in Exodus here, people, you know? Yeah. We need something more than just some shitty flawless calf that right. was like the firstborn of the firstborn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Whatever. That's, that's great. But but without good behavior, without living the life of, of God, without following the rules of the covenant, et cetera, et cetera, maintaining your contract, it's meaningless. Uh, we also get this image of... Um... God, like, uh, pleading his case or possibly, like, telling the Israelites to plead their case. God is suing the Israelites. Yeah, he's, like, suing the Israelites and the, like, jury is the mountains. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which seems kind of harsh because you'd think they'd be in God's pockets. Yeah, you, you really them. would. Especially because yeah. They he, owe everything to him. And we just saw earlier in the book that he can make them melt like wax. That's so a good like, point. That thread is constantly hanging over them. Yeah. As is God. And over all of us. When you think about it. In the in the courtroom drama, I like God God suing the Israelites and the judge being like, Well, well, you have to it's it's on you to prove that they breached yeah, the covenant. You have to prove covenant. your case. And he's like, Well, your honor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can fill in the rest of that skit yourself. Yeah, he well he basically says that like he's done everything for the Israelites, like he brought them out of Egypt, blah blah blah. Um and he has asked for so little in return. Mm-hmm. And there's a very uh, uh, famous quote here. He says, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Hmm. That's all. That's all you have to do. That's all I'm asking. And yet you can't even manage that. Apparently too much. Too much for them. He describes Israel as being full of bad people. Uh, it says the best of them is like a briar, the most upright Worse than a thorn hedge. The last chapter begins, Woe is me, for I have become like one who, after the summer fruit has been gathered, after the vintage has been gleaned, 
finds no cluster to eat. There is no first ripe fig for which I hunger. Ooh. I like that. So God is going to destroy Israel, but then he's going to return it to glory. And uh, we wrap up the book by saying that God is merciful and forgiving. Uh, the direct quote is, who is a God like you? That may be a pun on the, on the name Micah. Mm. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the sea. Mm. I like the idea of hurling iniquities into the sea. I do too. But I also think it's interesting, like, uh, you do not stay angry mm -hmm. because I feel like that's very much a human trait. I feel like if God existed, he could stay angry forever. And that it, like, if if humans were to make up a God, then he would not be able to stay angry. Mm. You know? No, that's that's true. Because that's what humans feel, not what a God would feel. That's right. But the, the traits that humans ascribe to a god, you know, his omnipotence, his omniscience, that he's ever-living, everlasting, always there, why would he not stay angry forever? Or, like, never get angry in the first place because he's so— Right. Yeah. Like, the idea of, like, getting angry and then pulling back is mm -hmm. like a very human emotion. Because I think you can only do that if you know that your time on Earth is limited. Mm -hmm. you, you would only do that mm -hmm. if you're like, well, I can't spend my whole life angry. And that's it. And that's how the book ends. But that does not end our discussion of the book. Right. Because we are definitely not going to, like, come up with a bunch of stuff to pad out a very short, repetitive book into a full episode or anything. Absolutely not. In fact, we're absolutely fruiting with ideas over here. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's, it sounds disgusting. It's horrible. Please save us from this after the break. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Sunday School Dropouts. My name is Nico. And I'm Lauren. And we are talking about the book of Micah. <laughs> you sound so excited. I'm delighted, honestly. I'm really happy to be here with you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, it's just, a, it's just a delight with our with our lovely listeners. Yep. It's Bibble time again. That's right. That like season. Comes around every year. Bibble time. Every year of every week. So we wanted to check in with the uh, boys' Bible, yeah, your mm -hmm. ultimate manual, 
that was left to us uh, <laughs> by Greg, our friend Greg, who you can hear in the uh, Job episode. So long ago now. Several, it's, so, it's funny how time passes. Months Isn't ago, it funny? Bibble time again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I wanted to just uh, read some of the little uh, call outs here. Uh, this one is labeled Get a Load of This. Okay. It's got the skateboard. It's got the scorpion that is really a crab. It's a crab. That's what I fucking said. But why is a crab on a skateboard? Why would a scorpion be on a skateboard? Because they're both awesome and cool. <laughs> I mean, crabs are pretty cool. I mean, not as cool. You've as never, clearly never had g- crabs. <laughs> I've never had crabs. Uh, you used to breed them when you were young? Show them? Show yep, crabs. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I meant right. by that. And uh, that's all you need to know. Get a load of this. Check out Micah 1-8. Jackals howl at night and owls moan then. Beautiful, beautiful sentence. <laughs> Jackals howl at night and owls moan then. Creepy. <laughs> Micah said he was so sad about God's coming judgment on his rebellious people that he was going to run around naked, howling like a jackal and moaning like an owl. Now, if that doesn't sound like your two-year-old kid brother in the middle of the night, nothing does. It's a great point. I mean, aren't we all like children in the middle of the night, really, when faced with, uh, you know, the majesty of God and the unknowability of of death, really? Here's another one. Um, The, like, name of the, like, feature is Get Cooler. Okay. And this the, is the Get Shorty uh, sequel, right? Uh, yeah, it's actually the Cool Runnings sequel. <laughs> uh, it, this one's titled Mercy is Cool. I main Hanzo, but that's that's just me. Shh. I'm about to read from the Holy Text of the Bible. God calls men to show mercy to one another. Think about baseball. <laughs> Not just Little League. I, I remember somebody telling me to think about baseball, and it was in a very particular circumstance supposed to think about baseball to avoid uh, climax during sex. Oh, no. Don't say that on this podcast. This is a children's podcast of Bible stories <laughs> and no cussing and no violence. Think about baseball. Not just Little League, but many high school programs have a mercy rule. If one team is creaming another, <laughs> the mismatch is recognized and the game is ended before the score gets really embarrassing. <laughs> It hurts to be humiliated on the playing field. Sometimes it feels good. Or in life. You can show mercy in all kinds of ways. Sometimes it means sticking up for the underdog, helping a classmate who's being pushed around, or giving part of your lawn mowing money to a food bank. Mercy isn't about showing off how good you can be when you go to church, then walking past scraped up kids lying on crashed, bent bikes the rest of the week. What? Wait, 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 wait. Can you go back a step and read that to me again? Yeah. Um, basically you just need to know that mercy has to be applied to like the great crises of our times. Mm -hmm. So when you live in an era when there's constantly scraped up kids on crashed bent bikes, like just the epidemic of child bicycle accidents that are sweeping our nation. I understand the words that you're saying, but. When you see that, you have to have mercy. Doesn't make any sense. Scraped up kids? Yeah. Who would ever write that sentence? Baby, Jesus would write that sentence. I don't think so. This is divinely inspired. It's not, though. Anyway, mercy is about helping others, even stopping to help the least popular kid in your school. Hmm. True man of God doesn't look out for quote unquote number one 
all the time. He shows mercy. I don't understand how you would show mercy to like a child in a bike accident like that you haven't. I mean, unless you caused it, unless like you were in like a bicycle battle, Mm -hmm. like you're playing some sort of horrific game of chicken. Sure. And out on 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 like dead man's curve. Yeah. And you like knocked this other first grader off of the cliff and he's like down there his bikes ruined and you're like i'm not showing mercy to you i'm gonna you could see um, like bones sticking out of his skin yeah yeah and he's like wow you're scraped up but i'm not gonna show mercy mm-hmm. and then you like kill him like you <laughs> give him the finishing blow like that wouldn't be merciful that i i mean wouldn't giving him i mean first of all he's so embarrassed from having lost the bike battle <laughs> it's better to just end his life yeah isn't that the real mercy in this situation i love our children's podcast for children that's all I have to uh, to share with you from the boys' Bible. I mean, it was both enlightening and terrifying. Yeah. Like a lot of the Bible. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, I wanted our next segment to be a rewrite of my guy, but about Micah. Like, you know, nothing you can say can take me away from Micah. But Nico told me that... A sister act already did it better, so I guess we're going to go with a stupid quiz instead. That's right. It's quiz time, baby. I need you to get excited for this. I All need right. you to get 1,000% hype for quiz time. 1,000%? Okay, mm-hmm. let me let me drink some more rum. Hang on. You seem pumped up. All right, I'm ready. My, my blood alcohol content is is high. My uh, my nipples are erect. <laughs> I'm ready to quiz. So we read Micah this week, so I thought it would be only appropriate to have a Micah quiz. This is all uh, quiz questions about Micah and Micah-adjacent topics. Okay. I'm going to mix up the quiz order here. Okay, I have no idea. Just for our, for our listeners' knowledge, I have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah. So this is a quiz about Micah and famous Micahs. Okay. You ready for this? Yep. Okay. Let me tell you about Micah Blunt, the 6'9", 210-pound native of New Orleans and graduate of Tulane University. He was drafted by the Lakers in the eighth round in 1982, but he never made it to their first team. He played professionally in the English Basketball League for the Brunel Ducks. He also played for Plymouth and most notably... For the Calderdale Explorers. Oh, my God. The Explorers were based out of Halifax, a city in which English county? A, West Yorkshire, B, West Midlands, or C, West Sussex. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I thought Halifax was in Canada. (laughs) We all did, baby. Uh, Let's go with West Sussex. I'm very sorry, Ah. but of course, Halifax is in West Yorkshire. Of course. How could I not have known that? West Yorkshire. And that was Micah Blunt. Let me tell you something about Micah True. Okay. He was an American ultra runner who became famous because of his inclusion in Christopher McDougall's book on the subject, Born to Run. Okay. He famously built a longstanding relationship with the Tarahumara people from Chihuahua, Mexico. Oh, nice. Indigenous people who have a long and rich tradition of endurance and distance running. Okay. In fact, their name for their people means fleet of foot. Ooh. They gave him a nickname 
because he ran with them for many years. And it was based on his appearance while running. Okay. What is it? Is it A, el viento rubio? The blonde wind. B, el caballo blanco. The white horse. Or C, el conejo pálido. The pallid rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really love the blonde wind. I'm going to go with el viento rubio. I wish it were so, but unfortunately, it was el caballo blanco. Did you make up el viento rubio? I did. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Good job, baby. The... Uh, the the annual race that he inaugurated with them uh, every year uh, is still called El Caballo Blanco. Wow. Named after him. Micah True. Now I want to tell you about a fellow named Micah Solusod. Apologies if the pronunciation is not quite correct. He is a Hawaiian-born voice actor who is okay. best known for his work in anime and video game roles. He voiced the role of Tagoma in the 19th animated feature film based on the Dragon Ball franchise. Wow. Which wow is, to every detail of that sentence. Wow. Which is the correct subtitle for this film? Oh, my God. A. Dragon Ball, A Zero Story Begins. B. Dragon Ball, Get Out, The End of Time. Option C. Dragon Ball, Resurrection F. What did your mom call Dragon Ball when you were little? Uh, the Shouting Show. The Shouting Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with, uh, what was A? A is Dragon Ball, A Zero Story Begins. I'm going to go with that. That's incorrect. Oh, no. It's actually Dragon Ball, Resurrection F. Oh, that was my second choice. Your fake choices are too good. <laughs> I will never apologize for my fake choices being too good. <laughs> On to... A question about Micah Richards. Okay. English footballer who began his professional career with Manchester City. He had a loan spell in Italy at a club named Fiorentina okay. in the city of Florence, starting in September 2014. A relative rarity for English footballers to move abroad. I see. Fiorentina is known for the distinctive color of their uniforms. What are they known as in Italian? <gasps> a. Il Rosso. B, red. La viola. The purple. Or C, la rosa. The pink. Hmm. Well, it seems like pink would be the most unusual, so I'm going to go with la rosa. That's a great guess. In fact, there is a team in Serie A uh, that wears all pink. They're called Palermo. They're from Sicily. Mm. Uh, Fiorentina, of course, is la viola, mm. the violet. I'm sucking ass at this quiz. Yeah, you're doing horribly. But we're having fun. That's the important thing. Is it? The important thing is being right. (laughs) Well, maybe this is your chance. Okay. I'm ready to redeem myself. The final question of the quiz and Lauren's last chance for redemption. Okay. (laughs) Gotta get this Messiah from Bethlehem down to forgive me. Tonight, of course, we are unofficial students of Micah. You might say that we're practicing mycology. Mycology, of course. Oh, like mushrooms. Is the study of fungi. The Czechs have a saying, and apologies for my pronunciation, of course. Vesekni hubi so jedli, ale niektere jenom jednu. Which means every mushroom is edible, some only once. Oh, that's a good saying. I'm going to give you the names of three mushrooms. It's your responsibility to pick two 
the two edible mushrooms two edible. out of this list. Okay. And of course, if you pick wrong, you dead. will die. Yeah. Got it. Mushroom number one. Tricholoma matsutake. <laughs> okay. Mushroom number two. Amanita caesarea. Okay. Number three. Amanita virosa. Amanita's the poison one. Both Amanitas are the poison one. A is the correct answer for the non-poison one. I can eat A. Other two are going to kill me. I'm sorry. What? What? You've just been tricked. Fuck! Because Amanita Caesarea is called Caesar's Delight. Oh, no. It's a non-poisonous mushroom. Oh, shit. Amanita Virosa, a.k.a. The death cap. <laughs> yeah, the horrible killer mushroom. Yeah. Will kill you. Tricholoma matsutake is a very rare and sought-after delicious Japanese mushroom. It grows on pine trees. I know that Amanita is the death cap. That's all I know about mushrooms. Well, here's what I would like to do is try to break down barriers you okay. know, and try to dispel myths, okay. you know, stop generalizations that hurt people's lives. For example, not all Amanitas are deadly. I guess not. I guess not. I think we've all learned something today. We all have learned something today. At least I have. And that is that you got zero out of five on that Fuck! Oh my god, that's the worst I've ever done on a quiz in my life! The time will come when you can redeem yourself, but it's not tonight. Oh, alas. Alas. So, uh, what's left? We gotta rate this book? We gotta rate this book, baby. So how would you rate this book, my dear? I'm gonna give it three out of six... Mountains melting like wax. Nice. Um, because like, what the fuck? I don't know. It's just like, there's nothing. It's like, whatever. That's all. How about you? I would give it six out of 14 jackals and ostriches. <laughs> okay. Uh, is that like seven jackals, seven ostriches? Or like, what? Like, is it 14 of each? Um, It's inclusive. Okay. That means nothing. Keep going. Thank you. Um, all I, I was just going to say something definitively and hope that you let me continue with. Myself. Oh, I will never let you do that. No. Okay. Well, I love you, baby. So <laughs> I thought it was also a little generic in terms of the, the prophecy. Unfortunately, it has the, uh, misfortune of being very obviously cut up and in different sections uh -huh. and edited later, uh -huh. which really reduces the impact, impact and memorability of mm -hmm. it, you know, cause it's, it doesn't really have a very clear voice. Yeah, there's a few good lines, but... That being said, some of the lines are, are, are quite good. Some of the imagery is nice. Um, I do like the idea that, you know, he's like a country prophet who's like trying to strike back against all those city prophets and like very... Like uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah, well, this is not a political show, but... <laughs> but that's the, that's the most interesting thing about it, the fact that it, it is a different point of view than like a you know, a big city temple priest or whatever. But sure, but we already had that with uh I know, I know. It, I'm just reaching I'm reaching. Yeah, I'm grabbing for straws. Who was it? Hosea? That he was like, I'm a, just a simple man. I grow my figs. Yeah. Yeah, he was a simple man. And he loved his fucking figs. <laughs> anyway, that's my rating for the book tonight. Uh I respect that rating okay. and I honor it. Thank you. Uh, let's read some listener mail, shall we? Yeah, that sounds great. 
Our listener Jim writes in and says, Hi guys, just want to drop you a line and let you know how much we are enjoying the podcast. To avoid binging too heavily, we restrict ourselves to listening on the weekends. We have a farm, and my wife and I listen while we do chores. Good job. Or, or good job. It's unclear. <laughs> Thank you very much for writing in, Jim. It's uh, great to hear from you. We are very impressed that you have a farm and that you do chores. Um, this rule's really hard. <laughs> I would never have like predicted that anyone would listen to anything that I said on a farm while doing chores. And I'm pretty psyched about it. Yeah. Top marks. Um, our listener, Andrew, wrote in, told us about how he was raised uh, kind of diet Catholic, quote unquote, um, dated a Christian woman in college who described herself as a small box and Andrew as a bigger box. He says, it touched me how she had the awareness to know she was choosing not to expand her perspective's horizons and that she was comfortable simply believing. So cheers, Nico and Lauren. Cheers to being bigger boxes. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, he also gave the podcast two wise women and two wise men out of four wise persons, 100%, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, is very gender equitable rating. Mm-hmm. And he said, the content of the podcast is great, but what really shines is the relationship. Just imagine how different sermons could be if they came from couples instead of a single old man. I think we would be very successful as couple a couple's sermon giver. Especially if it was combined with high-intensity group aerobic exercise in some sort of like crucifix situation. Yeah, some sort of like, it's like... By the way, if you want to talk to us about crucifix licensing opportunities in your town... <laughs> Email us at contact at Sunday School. Please don't email us. Now, we do have a couple cats to curse. First up is a cat named Severa. According to Severa's owner, she enjoys headbutting people for attention and being startled by the slightest noise. And so, Also, her pupils are very dilated in the picture that we got. She's about to pounce, baby. She's about to pounce. So this is what I say to you. Severa, in that day... I will cut off your horses from among you and will destroy your chariots. I will cut off the cities of your land and throw down all of your strongholds. And I will cut off sorceries from your hand and you shall have no more soothsayers. And I will cut off your images and your pillars from among you and you shall bow down no more to the work of your hands. That was a really intense curse for a one cat. I agree. However, Big Sister Dutch. That's Severa's Big Sister. Not my big sister or anything. I don't have big sister. I'm the oldest. Yeah. Three. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, oldest children rule. Severa's big sister Dutch. Rule. You're talking over me like I'm, sorry. I'm not here. It's just really important that everybody know. Oldest children rule. I'm feeling a lack of respect and I'm liking it <laughs> in a weird way. Big sister Dutch, her preferred technique for getting attention is to wait until I'm lying in bed. This is the owner of the cat speaking, not me. (laughs) I've never met Big Sister Dutch. At which time she will climb on the owner's chest, do an about face, and deposit her butt in his beard. Quite rude. It is rude. Quite. It's rude. Rude. And so to Big Sister Dutch I say, you shall eat but not be satisfied, and there shall be a gnawing hunger within you. You shall put away, but not save, and what you save I will hand over to the sword. You shall sow, but not reap. You shall tread olives, but not anoint yourselves with oil. You shall tread grapes, but not drink wine. Ouch. Poor Dutch. She knows what she did. She does. We also have one dog to bless, uh, which is Naya. She looks like maybe a Sheltie Sheltie mix. Um, She was rescued from a creek where her previous piece of shit owner dumped her. 
And uh, there's a picture of her as a poor, neglected, muddy, beautiful little pup, tiny little puppy that got just abandoned in a creek. And then there's a picture of her going, hey, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she's named Naya because of the Greek myth of naiads who come from creeks and streams. To Naya, I say, you will be delivered from the Assyrian when he invades our land and marches into our borders. It's a good classic blessing. Yeah. I just want Naya to be safe from her previous piece of shit owner and from all Assyrians. (laughs) Apologies to all our Assyrian listeners. This will do it for Sunday School Dropouts this week. We're absolutely delighted to have you with us. We've been receiving a, a, a great deal of, of support and, and love from you all recently, and I gotta say, it really warms the cockles of our fucking hearts. <laughs> My heart doesn't have cockles. I'm a woman. <laughs> That's not how it works. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Sunschool Drop. Oh, you know what? I also have to apologize to our listener at Killing You Guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His name his twitter handle which i told him to tone down last week is actually a homestar runner reference that i didn't get mm. oh now you were the one who needs to tone it down tone yep. down the ignorance i was the is. one who needs to tone down the ignorance mm-hmm. killing you guys 100 percent in the clear okay you can find us on facebook by looking for sunday school dropouts or go to the url sun school drop um, you can go to our website, sundayschooldropouts.lol. And you can send us email to contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. Just a reminder, if you want us to curse your cat or bless your dog, we will need to evaluate a photo of the animal in question because this is not magic, it's science. Especially if the dog is going, hi, <laughs> I love you. Possibly if the cat is about to be a little bee <laughs> and scratch up somebody's knee. Like most cats always are. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to Nico for our engineering and uh, editing and music. You're welcome. Thank you to Elise Carlton, as always, for our logo and our art. You can follow me on Twitter at Lauren E. O'Neill. If you want to help out the show a little bit, uh, the easiest thing you can do is probably to give us a rating and review on iTunes. Yes, we super, super appreciate it. It helps other people find the show. You will find yourself in such esteemed company as Clothing Weapon who declared us hilarious and insightful and gave this pod 12 out of 7 golden calves. And said to pour yourself a G&T, the unofficial official drink of Sunday School Dropouts. Girl, <laughs> it's my go-to drink in a bar. All about the G&Ts. You could also be like Starfish125, who said, yep, five stars, and gave us 10 out of 10, would recommend 10 out of 10, great to listen to while cooking. Cooking, doing chores on a farm. Mm-hmm. We're becoming like a really practical tool. We are. We are. Man, we are just killing it. We're the best. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of room to improve. Well. Both in our personal lives and in our professional lives. Yeah. And definitely in our spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. But we're going to work on all of that off air because you've reached the end of Sunday School Dropouts for tonight. My name is Nico. I'm Lauren. And we will see you on Sunday. <laughs>